2: If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey.
1: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS Friday version. I am Scott Jensen, joined today, as usual, by Andrew Laird. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We appreciate them for that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that would be fantastic. If you enjoy listening to us, could leave us a bunch of stars, leave us a good comment. It does go a long way towards uh, helping the podcast, also helping people find the podcast, which is always a good thing for everybody involved. Uh, we are at week two. Thank goodness, Andrew. I do not like week one for DFS. How are you? Why not? Week one's great. Uh, because I'm a very much like look at the stats, uh, study the game, watch uh, watch recaps of the game, watch the actual games on Sunday. And I get I get none of that week one. I also think that my my season long um, kind of bleeds into my DFS. I'm doing like drafts that last week. And I think like in my head, you know, a good value in season long. I'm like, oh, well, he's really cheap in DFS. I should play him. And it, it doesn't, that doesn't really work that way. So I think I, I get a little confused with, in week one. And, you know, week two, I can kind of really separate them a lot better.
1: I think that's uh... – a great point though of like people who wait to draft and there are guys that you're like this guy's gonna have a really good season and he's just so much in your mind you're like going into like, i gotta get this guy or get these few guys and then all of a sudden you're like looking at the dfs page and you're like oh wow he's cheap yeah like i'll play him this week and it's like you forget that you were interested in him for 17 weeks and not just this one so i could see that being a problem thank thankfully i uh i don't play season long at all now so I don't have those. Uh,
0: after uh, after drafting Corey Davis and OJ Howard and Ooh. Joe Mixon, I uh, I am on your I'm on your side already.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, it really doesn't take long to to finally realize that.
0: What at least you, you mean like an hour and a half is not very long.
1: <laughs> I just uh, for silly stuff like that, like it's uh, DFS at least makes you feel better just from the I don't have to like look at these if you're if you're looking at them as mistakes like i don't have to look at this mistake all season they're just gone as is your money i
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. i agree i it's weird i think you know like baseball is a great season long sport i think nfl is a great dfs sport
1: totally agree totally agree dfs baseball is nuts but um yeah baseball is made for that i mean like the it's a it's a league of accumulation uh, yep. like we love big numbers in baseball that like that span 100 years and um yeah football i feel like you know everybody knows like the big round numbers in baseball 3000 hits it used to be 500 home runs now i feel like people just walk into those but um yeah but like what are the big football numbers like we think of like single season ones you know like everybody tries to get 1000 yards and um but like if i was like is 10000 yard career yards like really good i think most people would be like ah, i like, it sounds good i guess like no there's no like benchmark that we we're going for
0: yeah. I would probably go like a hundred touchdowns maybe, but even that is like, I think there's like probably 25 guys that have that, but, uh, yeah, there's no, like, there's no like 600 home runs or 3000 hits, right. like you say, or 300 wins. It's just, it's kind of built a little differently.
1: Yeah. And wins don't even matter anymore, Scott.
0: That is uh that is true. Let's not uh, get <laughs> sidetracked on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, so the week two slate in the NFL is an interesting one. We have, uh, when you look at kind of the, the, you look at the Vegas lines, you look at everything going on. We have, uh, Two games that are over 50. We have Kansas City at Oakland with a total of 53.5. Kansas City favored by 7. We have uh, the Rams and the Saints, a really fun game in L.A. Rams favored by 2 over under 52. And then in low total games, we have uh, the Bears at the Broncos. Obviously, the Bears' defense and the, the Broncos' offense makes us a low total, 40.5 there. The rest of the slate is all between 43.5 and 48.5. And there there's only one really low game and only two really high games. Uh, This is a slate we're definitely going to figure out uh, which game we think kind of breaks out of that middle mold.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's weird because even some of the ones that are in the middle aren't, like, expected to be close. Like, we have the uh, Ravens-Cardinals. Last I looked was 46.5, but, like, the Ravens are favored by 13. And obviously the uh, Patriots-Dolphins, which is the highest one on this little group at 48.5, we got Patriots-minus. Last I saw was 18.5, which... um, it's just wild I have, to
0: I have 18 and a half, the current line at the Westgate Sportsbook in Las Vegas. So, yep. Jeez.
1: And then uh, the, well, on the lower side, we've got um, Texans-Jaguars, which is 43 and a half total with uh, the Texans minus nine and a half, which is a pretty big, um, pretty big spread. So it's like we have uh, kind of a mix or a lot of these like in-between games. But if you just kind of look at everything by the implied total, like single team totals, then it kind of separates a, a few teams out.
0: It really does if uh, if you're in Vegas and you're betting that New England game what the heck do you do with that
1: um, I saw a tweet about this um, that I thought was really smart and I apologize to whoever uh, tweeted it because I can't remember who it was but they said the the smarter play might actually be taking the Patriots over thirty three and a half and that like just forget All about right. the spread forget about the the game total but based on like what we've seen uh, on our giant sample size of one uh, Patriots offensive game and one def- Dolphins defensive game, 33 and a half is like a, a more achievable number. That
0: uh, that's, that's a pretty good call. That actually might make sense. Do you think that, you know, Belichick maybe takes it a little easy on the gas in the second half just because Brian Flores, the, the Dolphins coach, is a, is a prior Patriots coach? Uh, no. No? All right.
1: I, I mean, the words I used to describe Bill Belichick not in public and not um, like a safe for work podcast um, would imply that no I think he just goes out for the kill every time the, the difficulty with the Patriots and we'll kind of get into them uh, all throughout is that like they could score 33 34 let's call it in a number of different ways so you're like oh I'll just take Brady or I'll just take yeah. you know and it's like The game you take Brady is this Sonny Michelle three touchdown game or James White has two or we get that stupid Burkhead game that um, (laughs) basically already happened. So like, I don't know, it's uh, it's not as easy as like, oh, let me just get some Patriots.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting as we as we go through, I'm. uh... I don't think I'll be rostering too many of them myself. Although if you go back and look at that Baltimore Miami game last week, uh, 59 points with Lamar Jackson throwing five touchdowns. Right. Like he didn't even, he didn't have to run. It was crazy. Like he like, did run. Well, he didn't need to, they didn't they, didn't take a hit. Everybody was wide open. He was just hitting guys over the top, hitting guys in the seam for easy scores. It was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty wild to see just how bad that Miami defense was.
1: Yeah. And, uh, it's funny too, because like nobody played Lamar Jackson for his arm. Like nobody. Uh, let me right. take that back. Uh, I saw, um, whoever won the FanDuel Millionaire uh, played like the a Ravens passing stack, which is, was like so sharp once I saw it. Like, they, you know, huge favorites, and everybody's like, oh, well, it's Lamar and his legs. But like, right. just he can throw the he's a quarterback, he can throw the ball too. And uh, as soon as that happened, you're like, oh man, I, we, we all missed that one. But um, yeah, it's, it feels subsequently like a game where Bill Belichick's like, oh, well, I know that you can be beaten through the air, so let me show that you can be beaten on the ground
0: too. Yeah, it's always it's hard it's hard to figure out uh, the Patriots not they're gonna blow somebody up, but how they're gonna do it.
1: Right, right. You just start building narratives because like either way works. Like you can make just as good a justification for the running game as the passing game. So now you start making things up just to justify the way that you go, which is never a good
0: idea. And just to throw a throw a wrench in there too, we don't really know if Antonio Brown's gonna play. Right. Yeah, so exactly. that, that totally changes it up too. I. Uh, you know, everything you read makes make it sound like he's going to play. I just don't know if the NFL is going to step in, obviously, with all the allegations going on and kind of just put him on the sideline for a little bit. But uh, it certainly seems like if he's allowed to play, the pages are going to use him.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, he's there to, to be used. And so it's it's they're Clearly, they're not going to put any discipline on. So, like, if he's good to go, then it's not like he's coming in uh, after holding out like he. Well, I guess he sort of practiced with the Raiders, but like, you know, he's in shape and um, right. it's just a matter of, you know, learning the playbook, which Uh, based on who he is, you would think he'd be able to pick stuff up pretty quickly. And um, I don't know, that's, that's a tough one.
0: It, uh, it very much is. It makes their passing game really tough to uh, to figure out for right. fantasy football. Right. But um, just a note, we'll, we'll be hitting the, in the, most of the games on the main slate. Uh, the primetime games uh, this week, we miss out on our – Tampa Bay, Carolina was last night, and it looks like we didn't miss out on very much. Uh, Cam Newton does not look healthy to no. me. It's a it's a big, big concern moving forward with the, with the Panthers' offense. Uh, they weirdly didn't use Christian McCaffrey very much last night. Like he At one point in the start of the fourth quarter, he had like 13 touches total. It was just an odd game overall, but uh, one that I'm glad we missed from a DFS perspective we do lose uh philadelphia and at atlanta on uh, that's the sunday night game that is available on the yahoo slate but not on the DraftKings or fanduel slates uh good game though. that's a it's a 52 and a half over yeah. under uh, so that'd be a, that'd be a very fun game a good showdown game if you're gonna if you're gonna play there and then uh monday night we miss uh we miss your jets uh, in all their glory right <sighs> now uh facing the browns uh, it's really too bad that Sam Donald's hurt because this game, this spread was like a three point spread. and I loved Cleveland before that. I just love them coming off the uh, coming off the bad game. not really anything to do with the Jets. I just love the the week two bounce back. Uh, but now that spread is up to uh, six and a half, so it makes it a little bit tougher on the road. but uh, I don't know. that's uh, the Jets are kind of a mess right now.
1: Is that how you say like he's hurt? That's that's the term we're using?
0: Uh, okay, he has mono. He's, mono. he's playing. Like, he has mono. Yeah, I I, 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 it used to be the kissing thing when you're in high yeah. school. I don't know. It's not really that anymore. But uh, he's basically you miss, just uh,
1: out of high school. I mean, he's like <laughs> I, I, I believe fair. last year he was the youngest player in the NFL. Um, I did see a meme on Twitter this morning. It was off awesome. of the. Uh, of a laughing Dude. Bill Belichick saying that.
0: Oh, uh, I saw a different one. Like the like the two like high school people like making out and like, kissing each other's face. It was awful.
1: Oh, that. No, no, no. The yeah. one I saw was Belichick laughing, and it was uh, like Demarius Thomas was like the carrier. Like he had mono.
0: <laughs> uh, Which like, is something Thomas, that he would do. Demarius Thomas is doing something important, then. That's good. Not Belichick. Or not yeah. Thomas Belichick. Um, I understand. Yeah, it's, it's
1: just awful. Um, but yeah, on the main slate, we— we do our best to talk about draftkings and fanduel and we were discussing this yesterday that um there are some players on draftkings who are puzzling, puzzlingly underpriced um that last week i felt like because we had prices so early and the, they they were generally all the player prices were like generally close at least in terms of like where certain guys broke down in their position, position positional salaries i can barely speak this morning um But this week we have like some gigantic differences and uh, we get some of that because of the Monday night game. So um, we were talking about how some of the Raiders are really cheap. Uh, The Texans are, you know, like guys like Duke Johnson are kind of cheap, but we don't necessarily get that on FanDuel. Um, Did you find that like your lineup on DraftKings and FanDuel were similar last week? And do you think that they're like going to be very different this week?
0: Uh, I do. It, it was weirdly. I mean, you talked about the, you know, the Monday night game, the Raiders and Broncos, uh, DraftKings must have had their prices out before that because yeah, they, they did. clearly didn't adjust for that. Um, they didn't push guys up as, as FanDuel like Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams are really, really low on DraftKings. Yeah. I think they're going to be very popular, especially in a, a game against the, the Chiefs. is supposed to be really high scoring. And then um, I just thought the tight end pool in general, DraftKings didn't bump any of them up and FanDuel did. You look at like someone like TJ Hawkinson's like the 20th uh, tight end on DraftKings and almost min price at 3000 whereas he's moved up to like the fifth or sixth tight end on FanDuel. It just seems like DraftKings didn't adjust for week one. Is It's, it's kind of odd.
1: Yeah, and... Um it's funny because I actually think they're like, I still don't think they're the best plays I'm going to go, but we'll get, we'll get to tight ends later, but um, yeah, it is kind of Hawkinson was the weird one because he didn't play Monday. So like that, I'm not, there was no excuse there, but yeah, going through the prices and you're like, Oh, I can take advantage of these cheap Raiders. And uh, I, when I first go through uh, all the prices and, and the players, I basically like plug guys in as if I'm building a cash lineup. And because Uh, Jacobs was so cheap and Tyrell Williams was so cheap and Waller was so cheap and I like have them in I'm like whoa 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 like I cannot go in with a cash lineup with three Raiders in it like I they're cheap but like this is this may be going a little too far
0: yeah I mean it's a high over under in a game where the Chiefs defense doesn't really scare you but yeah you don't want to be you know that that game could get out of hand the Chiefs are fair by seven I don't think you want to go three Raiders in a cash lineup
1: Yeah, yeah yeah I think uh I mean I think Josh Jacobs will, will be popular because he's cheap. Um, right. I think at least on DraftKings, with Hawkinson's actually cheaper than Waller that I'm in order to kind of avoid this unnecessary Oakland stack in cash games. Like you could easily play him. Um, but I think Williams is actually going to be the one who should be the, the highest do at least in cash games. Like, you know, you, you generally look for these guys in the 4k range uh, so you can pay up in other spots. And he just fits that mold perfectly. Um, so I don't know. I think Jacobs will be popular, but I'm not sure he's actually the right build. they part of the right build.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you there. So let's let's jump into the running backs. But first, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy Sports. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. The Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you one million dollars every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a U.S. citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So on the uh, on the top end of running backs, uh, I definitely have one guy that I prefer pretty significantly. But we have Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, and Saquon Barkley, uh, all over 8,000 on DraftKings. Uh, Kamara, Kamara's 8,200. Zeke is 8,700. Saquon is 9,200. Uh, do you have a preference among the top here? Uh, I,
1: I wrote uh, in my DraftKings article that I think it's Kamara. Yep. And the reason for that is as basic as that game is going to have the most points in it. And that doesn't, and the Rams I and mean, the uh, saints have a, a higher implied total than the giants. And so like, that's kind of what made me push him ahead of Barkley. I think the, the Cowboys actually might have a, a higher uh, team total than, uh, than this, the, the uh, saints. But um, with Ezekiel Elliott, like he said this week that he's ready for like a full load, but it's not really up to him. He doesn't decide all of the carries he gets. So like there's like an ever so slight hesitation there, but like, I think I hate to say, like, I don't think you can go wrong with, with any of them, but I think for me, Camara is ahead of him.
0: Yeah. I, my hesitation on Zeke would be more than ever. So slight. I think that they're okay. easing him in. I think that, uh, I think that it, you can't underestimate the fact that he didn't practice at all until that first week, mm-hmm. and there's just the the kind of the wear and tear. He mentioned his body was really sore after the game. It's just, you know, being in shape is one thing, but being in football shape and used to taking those hits and your body kind of gets used to it, it, it is a big difference. I think that, you know, he played 37 snaps the first game. He had 13 carries. You can kind of see them ramping him up. You know, they mentioned 20 snaps, and they blew by that. Yeah. Uh, but I just think in a game that they are they are favored, they're favored by, uh, you know, five and a half over the reds because they get ahead. I think they pull back off him. I just think we have at least one more week of of not full-scale Zeke, and I'm not willing to pay up the price this week.
1: Yeah, I think that's—I think it's reasonable. Uh, I don't um, think—like, I I think if people play him, like, that's fine. Uh, I think you know he almost makes more sense in a lineup, like, with one of the other guys. Like, if you really want to, like, go nuts on running backs. Like, having him be the only one, I feel like you're kind of leaving stuff on the table because I I just think Kamara and Barkley are better plays this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, is just electric. I mean, he was so good on Monday night. And he had, the key was he had 20 touches, which is a lot for him. You know, his first game post-Mark Ingram. Uh, Latavius Murray scored and had a pretty good game, too, but Kamara was very much involved. Uh, this is a situation where the, the game script is great. You know, it's a high over-under. The Rams are fared by a couple points, but essentially a close game. And it's one of those games that, you know, Sean Payton knows they're going to need Alvin Kamara in a big way to, to compete in this game. And those are the games that, that you want Kamara. Uh, Kirsten McCaffrey lit up the Rams week one. He had 200 combined yards. He had 10 catches. Um, I think Kamara in a perfect spot here and a thousand dollars less than Barkley. And you know, I love Barkley as a football player, but I think the Buffalo defense is, is very good. They looked really good against the jets. They were just kind of swarming everywhere. Um, you know, if you wanted to go off the radar a little bit and you're going to get Barkley at a, at a lower percentage than normal, I get it in a GPP situation, but uh, I just think Kamara a better play this week among the three guys.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's certainly fine. Like I, I kind of, uh, you know, you look at Murray's touchdown and it was a little fluky. It's not like he took like a goal line carry away from Kamara, but, um, right. you do kind of expect him to get more touches than Wayne Gallman and, um, and Tony Pollard. So like, I, I, I understand the, like Kamara losing a few touches, uh, opinion. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, like they're going to have to score points in that game. Like that's how you keep up with the Rams. And so, I don't know. I just, uh, It seems like a pretty clear shot to me.
0: On a scale from one to ten, how hard is it not to mention Paul Perkins right now? (laughs) Uh, It's a ten. It's a ten every day. Yeah, I was going to say, I I thought you were going to sneak it in somehow, and I was a little disappointed you didn't. Um, dropping down to the mid range, you know I think the mid range is still the mid range this week. They didn't uh, bump up too many guys too high. Obviously, Dalvin Cook was very popular this week. He's up to 7200 on DraftKings, 7900 on Fanduel. Uh, James Conner's in that range uh, against the against the Seahawks. He did not have a good game last week, but no. they kind of got game scripted out of that game. The Patriots were up, you know, 75 to nothing in the first quarter, so that you know he just kind of went away from from Conner. He still got you know a majority of the running backs looks, and you know they took him out, and you know the, the Steelers still weirdly played their starters in the fourth quarter of the game. But We'll get to that. We we'll talked to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, and who do you like in the mid-range here? You know, there's Chris Carson again, who had two touchdowns last week. There's Austin Eckler, who had a monster game in, in week one, including a, a, an overtime touchdown, a walk off that win. Uh, who do you find yourself uh, kind of gravitating towards in the six to $7,000 range?
1: Eckler, like, jumped out at me right away. Um, but I think, unfortunately, there are, like, a lot of guys that you can play. Uh, you can sort of make, uh, give a reason not to play all of them. It, it, I mean, this is why this is what you get in the mid range. Um, but right. I think Eckler, just how they used him everywhere, just seemed like such an, such a clear path. And now that Hunter Henry's out and um, looks like Mike Williams might uh, miss time. I'm not, I haven't seen the, or they haven't even practiced yet today. So we're, you know, we're not sure um, if he's into so, like, there are now targets to be had. We'll talk about Keenan Allen a little bit, but like I think Eckler is the best one of that group. Um, but like I said, like, If Sonny Michel, like, he could have the big game, I don't think you can, like, rely on him as much. But, again, he's the starting running back of a team that is supposed to score a 1,000 points this week. Um, Is Mark Ingram underpriced at 6,000 on DraftKings?
0: Uh, I do think so. I think... I think people are overreacting a little bit to the to the, the carries by Gus Edwards. I mean, that game was over like yeah. 15 minutes in, and Ingram had a 50-something yard carry in the first drive. He scored twice. He's clearly the goal line guy. That was very evident that he's a goal line. Granted, Lamar, you know, will have some have some carries inside the five and score some touchdowns, but uh, Ingram is clearly the running back when uh, when they're in near the goal line. It's just such a good spot with Lamar as a threat. I mean, we talked about it a bunch last week. You know that there has to be a linebacker on the other team that has to watch and spy Lamar Jackson. Just the way it is, he's as fast as a regular running back. He's going to run. I know he didn't last week, but he's going to, um, you know, Ingham last week is 14 for one Oh seven and two touchdowns. There are going to be big holes for Ingham all year. Um, I love this spot. You know, he, he faced the dolphins last week who are bad defense, but the Arizona defense is bad too. Like it's not like he's suddenly (laughs) facing the bears this week. I mean, it's, at 6,000 on DraftKings, he's probably my favorite play in the mid-range. He's up to 7,500 on Fanduel, so a little bit tougher there. But, you know, he's not really a receiving guy. He can catch the ball a little bit. He did a bunch with the Saints, but, you know, they didn't use him much in the, the passing game last week. But they didn't really need to either. Their wide receivers were winning, running wide open. Uh, I love Mark Ingram. I think that I've read so many stories this week about, oh, be careful, Gus Edwards and carries. But if you get in a closer game, he's going to be the guy. And if you get a blowout game, he's going to – you're likely going to be there because he did some damage early on. Uh, I just think he's over underpriced again this week.
1: I, I agree. The, the thing that actually gets me in it, it was, I mean, I guess it works hand in hand that like everybody's talking about Gus Edwards, but like 14 carries really isn't that many. And I'm no. looking at the other guys in this range. Um, Connor, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette. Uh, you can even go below Derek Henry, Marlon Mack. Like it still feels like even in a, in a perfect situation for, for Ingram 20 carries seems like a lot. And I kind of want guys who touch the ball more than that. And like, obviously um they don't have a home matchup against the cardinals but um that's like my only hesitation on ingram that i'm just not sure that the volume will be there at least in terms of carries and so you know there's there's risk there if he can't you know explode for a 50-yard run in every game
0: there is and I think there's gonna be there's gonna be games this year where he you know you're, you look up and you're like why isn't ingram in the game but uh, I just think the efficiency is going to be there. I think the opportunity is going to be there, especially at the goal line. I uh, I like him a lot this week, just you know, based on the fact the matchup Arizona uh drafting to 6,000 you know it's kind of a price play for me like you look at someone like Dalvin Cook who I love but he's 7,200 yeah. he's 1,200 more than Ingram and looked fantastic week one but he's off the turf he's a guy to me that feels always a little bit faster when he's on the turf he's at uh at Green Bay the Green Bay defense looked really good in opening night I'm probably the biggest Dalvin Cook fan there is but just not for this week for me in DFS
1: it's kind of surprising to see the price difference between Cook and Aaron Jones like Aaron Jones is 5,400 on on DraftKings it's not like they're the same back but like you know they're same game basically and uh I don't know not that I'm playing Aaron Jones at 5,400 like I think the guys in this 6,000 range are better but it just doesn't seem like those two players particularly with a game at Lambeau should be like that separate
0: yeah I just uh the the usage on Aaron Jones worries me he had 13 carries last week in a game that was close against the Bears it just didn't seem like he was
1: only one less than Mark Ingram
0: yeah, but you know, he, had 30, <laughs> he also had 39 yards, and I just, yeah, I, I just worry about, uh, I, I worry about what Green Bay does with him. They don't really seem to ever fully commit to him. But mostly for me, between him and Ingram, it's just the matchup. I mean, the, the yeah. Vikings' defense is really tough. Uh, they were really good last week. They completely destroyed Devontae Freeman. He did nothing in that game. Um, I just think it's more matchup for me It's two guys who you know I, you're not going to get 25 carries out of. But I just think the efficiency, efficiency, and the, the red zone stuff is is heavier with Ingram with me than, than Aaron Jones.
1: Yeah, no, I, that's totally. Totally fair that I realized that like going through my entire lineup and I built, I've already built like five or six lines that I'm just like, I have no interest in this Vikings uh, Packers game, like for any position, it seems, which is wild, right? Like Vikings right.
0: Packers, you think lots of stars, lots of points, but you know, when you look at those first games, the Vikings' defense looked great. The Packers' defense looked great. Aaron Rodgers did not look so great in Chicago. But, um, you know, I know there's a lot of week one, and you got to be careful being, you know, being over uh, overreactionary to stuff. And I love week two bounce backs. I love guys who struggle week one, getting them in lineups because you wouldn't think it, but a lot of DFS percentages, you're going to see some guys that are lower than they should be because they had one bad week. Mm-hmm. People are recency bias is a very real thing, especially with casual you know, DFS players.
1: Yeah. Uh, game log game log watching is a thing. Like people definitely do it, but like just look at the totals, like Packers, Vikings, 44 Titans, Colts, 44 and a half. And you're just like, yeah. what <laughs> Like, are you going to really buy big into the Titans Colts game? So, I mean, I understand it. Um, so the, the guy that I feel like um, we'll be ta- or we should talk about is Giovanni Bernard. Um, you brought up Joe Mixon earlier. It sounds like he's pretty doubtful to play. Uh, didn't practice Thursday. Um, we're taping this too early Friday. I know if he's going to practice, but, um, where does Bernard fit, um, with you versus these other guys? Because obviously he's kind of, he's, he's an expensive backup. I'll put it that way. Like he, he's, um, priced in the range with like Jones and, uh, Matt breta and, but like he, he will have, well, actually breta will have, should have more, uh, touches in that game as well. So like, where do you look at those two guys and where they fit in with kind of these, Six to seven thousand guys on DraftKings at least.
0: Yeah, I looked at Bernard. The first thing I, I thought was like, I wonder if he's like you know forty two hundred yeah. and becomes really <laughs> interesting. And he's fifty three hundred on DraftKings. Obviously, the the mix and injury was one that DraftKings did adjust to. Fanduel did too. There, he's at fifty seven hundred. Yep. Um at that price I just I mean there's just other guys I like more. I mean he'll be obviously heavy, you know, way more involved than normal if Mixon doesn't play, but he's still a guy that's not going to get uh, the, a ton of carries. You you hope you get a lot of touches, but um you know, I think he's game flow dependent. I think they, if they're behind, he he gets really interesting. If they're ahead, I think they probably use other guys to to melt the clock a little bit. I was uh, I'm a 49ers fan. I was happy with the win last week, but I was not overly happy with how the offense looked overall. Um, So I, uh, I just don't know. I I just feel like I like Matt Breida more. Uh, I think that he's, uh, he has more chance to make some big plays in that game. And I like some guys. If I'm going to go cheap, I like some guys that are maybe a thousand less than, than Bernard. So he kind of fits in a, a weird spot for me. Where if I'm going cheap, I'm going probably less. And if I'm going uh, a little more expensive, I'm going to bump up to uh, you know someone like Mark Ingram or someone even like Josh Jacobs is cheaper than, yeah. than Bernard too. And I'm a little wary about Jacobs too. You mentioned earlier he's uh, very underpriced on DraftKings at 4700, uh, especially after really the game where he looked really good on Monday night. He had 24 touches and you know they leaned on him in a big way. And after the game, they're like, "This is our game player. We're going to lean on Josh Jacobs." Uh, But a game where, you know, he could get uh, game stripped out pretty easily if Mahomes is hot early.
1: It seems it. Um, Like, Jalen Richard is there. He's, like, the pass catcher. And it's not like we were like, oh, Jacobs was, like, a three-down back last week. You know, he was playing all these passing downs because they just, like, didn't have that many passing downs. Like, they were winning. They just wanted to run the clock out. So, I feel like we we don't know enough of how they're really gonna use Jacobs. Like obviously the plan is we'd like to run him into the ground, but generally right. that includes like getting ahead and keeping a lead. And against the Chiefs, even in, in Oakland, like I'm not sure you can necessarily play that game plan. So but I agree, like Bernard and Brita are just in this kind of weird range. Duke Johnson is there too. He was another like Monday night um like late price. And like every time Carlos Hyde touched the ball, you're just like, <laughs> why why is he touching the ball? Like, it seems like the, everyone was like, this is a perfect situation for Duke Johnson and Bill O'Brien's like going out of his way to be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and it's like, can you actually play somebody like that?
0: Uh, I am not. I mean, I, I the, the crazy thing with Carlos Hyde, he actually looked pretty good when he was carrying yeah. the ball too. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's pretty clear that uh, they're going to use Hyde. Duke Johnson is still the change of pace guy, but more involved than he would have been if Lamar Miller was there. But Uh, Yeah, I just, uh, I can't do it. The other guy I wanted to ask you about in this mid-range, we haven't talked about yet, 6,000 on drafting, 7,500 on on FanDuel is Derek Henry. Uh, (sighs) Had a really big game uh, last week, had that long uh, screenplay where he didn't even get touched, 75-yard touchdown. Um, You know, the Austin Eckler pretty much lit up the Colts' defense uh, last week. I know the Colts uh, are a very good team. You know, they lost Andrew Luck, obviously, but still a lot of talented players. Uh, How do you feel about Henry this week, uh, home against the Colts?
1: I feel like I'm always the last guy on Henry and you'll be both. I'm not necessarily like now going to overcorrect to be the first one. I mean it's but it's true though, like Eckler dominated the Titans don't use Henry like the Chargers use Eckler and like their offenses are very different. Like I feel like uh Tennessee just looks so good and that that result was just so unexpected and now we're kind of overcorrecting um to be like, oh no, actually the Titans are really good. And, um, you know, in the NFL, we, we've talked about, there are like small sample sizes and that we're literally using the smallest of sample sizes, yeah. but like, I can't fault you if you, if you play him like the, the, uh, the game seems to work out perfectly. They're at home against a team that just got lit up by Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is not Alvin Kamara. He's not Saquon Barkley. And so, um, it makes sense. He, I think he is priced correctly like with these other guys that of ingram and carson um uh, because you don't you know he's not a dominant um running back in the sense so we um i think he's he's a very good option i'm just not going there myself probably
0: yeah and it's funny even if you take the austin Eckler receiving out of the mix so if you kind of just look at their 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 rushing attempts you have austin Eckler, justin jackson last week against the Colts. 18 carries for 115 yards uh, looks pretty darn good.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, like I said, I'm always the last. So, I don't
0: <laughs> yeah, I I kind of am with you there on Henry too. Just it feels like the uh, the ability to have really bad games is uh, is more than it used to be. But uh, I don't know the second half last year plus week one uh, a pretty uh, pretty impressive guy uh, the last maybe you know seven or eight games that he's played on the field. Yeah, for sure, for sure. On the cheaper side, there's two guys that interest me the most. Uh, Down at 3,900 on DraftKings and 5,300 on FanDuel, we have Chris Thompson. Mm -hmm. Uh, Darius Geis is out this week. And Thompson's uh, a guy I like a lot more on DraftKings with the full point PPR. He had 10 targets last week, 7 catches for 68 yards. This is another great game for a game script for him for, for them passing the ball. You know, facing Dallas, five and a half point underdogs. Uh, with the way the Cowboys looked last week, uh, throwing the ball over the place, so, you know, they're, they're probably going to score points against the Redskins. Uh, I think Thompson's underpriced on draft. He's at thirty nine hundred. He seems like a really good like you know as you as you build your roster and you get two good running backs, seems like a really interesting guy to throw in the flex spot.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good call. He, I mean, he's not going to be a three down back like they no. still have Adrian Peterson who will like plod his way to something. Every time he t- is one of those every time he touches a ball it's not in Thompson's hands but like can we are we way overreacting to Washington too though like they're not that good I mean they uh, lost last week but like they gave a lot of people scare with that Eagles game and then um, then we saw who the Redskins really are but I don't know I like I agree that the PPR certainly helps um, but I almost look at it as your you're using a roster spot on somebody who probably isn't going to produce as much as like a Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's true, but you're also saving what 2100 yep. from that, that yep. mid range. And, I just think that when he's healthy and uh, he gets a lot of targets, but he's very, very game script dependent. If the, if the Redskins happen to, you know, get in the lead or even have a close game, you know, they're not throwing the ball as much. Case Keenum had 44 passes yeah, last right, week, which right. is probably not going to happen again. Um, he's definitely a. Uh, I think he's obviously he's, he's like more of a GPP guy to me, you know. But if he gets 10 targets, it's you know seven for 68 last week. Suddenly that's 14 points right there, rounding up a little bit. And mm-hmm. if he scores, you know, suddenly it's a really good game. Uh, but he's a guy that's very game script dependent. There's no doubt about
1: that. Yeah, yeah, it's a. I, it's weird because the the makeup of player that he is seems more uh, comfortable for cash games, but given that it's he's very game skip script dependent, you could, should probably use him for GPPs. Certainly for that salary, um, so he's kind of like this in between player that like you're not sure where you should be using him.
0: Yeah, I actually think he's a really good player, too. So when they when they do use him against the ball in his head, it's really fun, and he, mm-hmm. he's pretty uh, pretty good. But, uh, you know, there, there are going to be games where he has, you know, three carries and two catches, and you right. just can't use that, obviously. Right, right, right. I mean, started with Jamie Richard last week. Exactly. The other guy uh, in this range is Devin Singletary uh, Mm -hmm. at the Giants who looked terrible on defense. Singletary uh, only had four carries, but he had 70 yards. Those four carries also had six targets. He outsnapped Frank Gore 45 to 19. Uh, It was pretty clear that uh, he's on the field way more than Gore is right now. Uh, Tough guy to play uh, coming off four carries. But any interest in him at 4,200 on drafting is really cheap against the Giants.
1: Um Yeah. I'm confident enough in saying that I've seen every single one of Singletary's touches in the NFL. <laughs> um, the, like the Jets couldn't touch him. Like, right. He looked. He was by far the most explosive player on the field. And they, it seemed like Buffalo figured out later in the game that he should be on the field more. It's, it's obvious that if they get ahead, uh, he's not going to be the answer, though. Like, he's going to be the guy to, to bring them back uh, because like, he can score any time he gets the ball. And Frank Gore will get you three yards every time, and that sometimes that's what you need. And so um, I think he, like Singletary, will always have kind of this ceiling or this cap on his ceiling because uh, if the Bills are successful, then they go away from him. And if they fall like way behind, you have to wait until they fall behind before they start to use him. And so um, I think he's certainly worth um, some GPP looks because. I mean, the Giants are horrible, um, particularly defensively. And so, um, yeah, he definitely makes sense. But, you know, you just you're going to have to take this leap of faith that they're going to give him the touches that he clearly should be getting.
0: Yeah, for me, it's, uh, you know, kind of looking at the running backs a whole, a lot of Camaro on the top end. I'm going to be mixing and matching probably Eckler, James Conner, and Mark Ingram in the middle, and then uh, sprinkling in some uh, some Chris Thompson, Devin Singletary, and Josh Jacobs at the bottom. Anybody else uh, that we haven't talked about running back-wise that you wanted to uh, you focus on?
1: Um, not not yet,
0: um, but why do you like Carson? Did I say Carson? I meant Conner. Did I say Carson? Oh, I thought you did. Oh, I'm sorry. Why, that's right. <laughs> you did say Conner. Why do you like Conner? Uh, I like Connor cuz I like Pittsburgh to bounce back this week but uh, the thing that holds me back on Connor is I love the Pittsburgh passing game this yeah. week. Um so I'm going to I'm going to be stacking a lot as we get to it. I'm going to stacking a lot of Ben Roethlisberger and JuJu Smith-Schuster. But on lineups where I go away from that go somewhere else quarterback, I think Connor's an interesting mix. I think Pittsburgh's going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game going away. I think we'll see a lot of James Connor in the second half.
1: Okay. That makes. I just wanted to get that through because like I think that there are going to be a lot of people who look at that at what Andy Dalton did to Seattle last week, like in Seattle. And there's like, well, Ben Roethlisberger is significantly better than Andy Dalton and the receivers are better. And, um, so like they're going to go there, but, um, making that jump of like, well, they'll get ahead and then Connor will take over. Just wanted to get that out on the pod.
0: Yeah, I love I love the Pittsburgh passing offense this week. I'll be using a lot of them, but on lineups I don't. I think that Connor and I think Connor will be overlooked a little bit. He was he was bad last week against the Patriots, but I think that was all game script. I think there's no issues with him, and I think he makes a really interesting play. You're gonna get a, a low percentage. He's not that cheap. Price 6,800 and 7,700 on the two sites. Uh, I just think he's gonna be an interesting spot for for rosters where I don't use Roethlisberger to kind of get a low percentage guy who I think is a stud. So
1: because they're gonna beat the Seahawks, you have no interest in Chris Carson.
0: Uh, I really don't. I, I like Chris Carson as a player. Um, I just think he's going to have to – they're going to have to score, and they're gonna, I think they're going to have to come back. But I think the running game is going to be a little bit muted this week, and they're going to have to open up a little bit. They're going to have to throw the ball more than they did last week. Uh, even in a close game, they went through the ball 20 times last yeah. week. Carson did score in the passing game. I think he's very involved. He's a guy that i to be using many times here. It's just not for me this week. Okay. I got you. So before we get to the passing games, the quarterbacks and receivers, a note from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps identify immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with full confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone myself. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I actually used the SeatGeek app last year. I was in Brooklyn for a for some work, and I went to a Warriors uh, Nets game. Ooh. It was really easy. My buddy went on SeatGeek. He got two tickets. Actually, could could text me the one ticket uh, on the SeatGeek app worked out perfectly. It was really easy. Uh, there's a lot of great events coming up. We have college football every Saturday now. Of course, a full NFL slate that we're breaking down currently every Sunday. Also, the Major League Baseball playoffs start in three weeks. is a great place to get Seeks to watch, to watch Matt Chapman and the boys in Oakland make a deep playoff run. Best of all, my listeners get a $10 off $10 off their first Seeky purchase of $30 or more. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONFL today. That's promo code R-O-T-O-N-F-L for $10 off your first Seeky purchase of $30 or more. Seeking life's an event. We have the tickets. So Andrew, on the uh, on the passing game side, uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers. Uh, obviously, Pat Mahomes is the uh, top priced guy on both uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. He got rolled up uh, and limped in the second half a little bit. He had over 300 yards passing in the first half, so he, you know a little bit. They just t- kind of took it easy on him. He looks like he's okay in practice this week. No Tyreek Hill though. He hurt his shoulder. Uh, still has uh, still has a lot of weapons, but how much does no Tyreek Hill drop the ceiling for you on Pat Mahomes?
1: Uh, I mean, it has to drop it at least a little bit. I just think yeah. um, there are enough guys who are cheaper this week that you don't necessarily have to have Mahomes. Not that you like had to have him last week either, um, but it makes it a little tougher. Not tougher, but like you're you're not as reliable with a, like a chief stack now without Hill. Um, obviously, plenty of people are going to be on Sammy Watkins because yep. he's the number one guy now. The um, the conversations that like people are having about like whether Sammy Watkins is good or not, not, I mean, obviously he's good, but like people are saying like, he's either a top 10 wide out in the league, or maybe he, um, you know, is like so overrated. It seems like the injury thing is really the only thing that holds him back, which is basically held him back from being as good as he was last week for his whole career. So, um, I mean, theoretically it gives more touches to, or looks to Travis Kelsey, but um, I don't know. I, it's It was more uh, that I was more negative on the on like a Chiefs stack than I was specifically about Mahomes himself.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of agree there. I'm definitely going to have some pieces of this offense, but I think it'll be kind of you know on their own. We'll talk about wide receivers in a little bit. There's some yeah. cheap, cheap wide receivers in GPP on the Chiefs that I think are really interesting. Obviously, Travis Kelsey. Uh, going to be an interesting play. We'll get to tight ends, but there's so many cheap tight ends yep. that I wonder if uh, Kelsey might be lower percentage than normal. Uh, next quarterback, I want to ask you about uh, Lamar Jackson. Obviously, uh, the talk of the NFL this week, five passing touchdowns last week, 324 yards passing. He was 17 of 20, a perfect passer rating, and and looked really good passing the ball. He had guys that wide open, but you still have to hit those guys. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown looked really good in his first NFL game, had the two long touchdowns. How do you feel about uh, Lamar this week? 6,700 on draftings, up to 8,200 on FanDuel. Uh, Again, though, we talked about it when we talked about Mark Ingram. Another great matchup. He's against the Arizona offense. Matt Stafford has a ton of passing yards against them last week. Uh, How much are you going back to Lamar this week for another uh, another piece of the action?
1: I feel like everybody got really excited about Lamar Jackson, both like last week and when he took over last year because he was always on the cheaper side. And so it felt like you were stealing him because – you really didn't have to like lay out that much. And now like we're getting to the point we've gotten to the point where like, you're going to have to pay to, to get this production. And, um, you know, it's a 10 AM body clock game for the Cardinals, which, you know, is always, uh, something people like look for. I mean, there's, it's, it's like still strange to me to like, look at this Ravens team and think like, this is an offensive juggernaut. Like we're just not used to it for years of Joe Flacco. And now, um, obviously the team is very different, but like, Even going into the season, you wouldn't have expected them to ever get close to 60 points in a football game. Like last week was just such a a rare event. Just in, in, in the NFL as a whole, not to mention like a Ravens offense that like we weren't expecting this from. So I think there's like, I think they're the two clear top guys this week. Like they should be the two most expensive ones. Deshaun Watson's like right behind. And I think you could make the argument that he that he's in their tier but I it just seems like there are enough cheaper guys in good situations as well that I'm not sure Lamar is like necessary this week
0: yeah there's there's two quarterbacks they'll get to that are both under 6,000 draft and 8,000 I love so that yeah. I'm kind of the same way I just there's other guys I like more but I think it'd be interesting this week, because Arizona's defense is not good. But I, I wonder what we're going to see. You know, if is Miami's defense bad, or is it, like, historically bad? I think right. we'll find out this this week. You know, you get Arizona team that's just bad. I think that they had a few moments against Detroit, but, uh, you know, Stafford lit them up pretty good. But uh, I, just, I think we'll get a, a good feel this week about just how far off that chart Miami is in terms of the awfulness of their defense.
1: Well, it was just such a peak passing performance from Jackson. So, like, what happens if he just goes back to, like, where he normally is? Right. Which is still, like, fine. I mean, he's not— an elite.
0: But you're not going to be hitting 60, 70 yard plays with that much ease against any other defense.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. we don't I mean, think was, so. This it was would be so, the.
0: It was so easy.
1: Yeah. 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 For sure. And uh, you know, they were like, now we're like, oh well, he can throw really well. So like now the rushing is just kind of extra, whereas we used to think the total opposite. Whereas like we're we're basically playing a running back in a quarterback position, and anytime he throws is just kind of a, a little sprinkle that we get uh, as a bonus, but um, like they're not going to be games. This is not a hot take, but they're not going to be games where he throws for three touchdowns and runs for two more. Like right. there's probably only going to be a handful of situations where he has like an excellent passing game and an excellent running game. And it's fine to get one. Like we saw last week, even though it was like a, a peak ceiling game, but um, I don't know. Like what happens if now, they're like, well, maybe he shouldn't run that much. And then he has like, uh, you know, he kind of regresses a little bit from the best game he's ever had. <laughs> and so now it's like, is he actually worth more than every other, uh, quarterback on the
0: slate? Yeah, that's uh, all a good point there. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see what they do against Arizona. I think that uh, we're gonna see, uh, Arizona has to account for the fact that there's those deep passes and how they were doing that. And I mm-hmm. think that you probably get some more running this game, but, uh, Before I get to the two guys I really like in the cheaper range, um, two guys I want to ask you about quarterback-wise, Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, both off really good games last week. Brady's at Miami this week. We talked about, you know, the game script is wild here. Like, Belichick could run it up. They could pass the second half. They could shut it down and run the ball the second half. Will Antonio Brown play? Uh, personally I just hate relying on, you know, the first half TDs all being passing TDs. If he has like if if they score four touchdowns in the first half and two are passing, two are rushing, you're suddenly in a spot where like your ceiling's not gonna be very high with yeah, Brady. You're done. Um you're you're just kinda done there. You kinda have to hope for three or four passing touchdowns early. I'm not gonna play Brady. I just think this game is gonna be a slog in the second half and it's gonna be a blowout. Uh but I get that they could get there with Brady, just just not for me this week.
1: Yeah. I I, I think he's like a fine GPP play because um like, you can stack them with uh, Gordon and Edelman if if Brown doesn't play. Um, it becomes a little bit easier. But uh, just like you said, like, there's no clear way that New England is going to beat Miami. And uh, even if they scored 59 points, like, it's possible that Brady doesn't have Lamar Jackson's game. And so right. they're just, like, so many... There's just too much uncertainty there. And it's... it's like, you would expect them to run more than um, than the Ravens did last week. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily hurt Brady. Like, obviously, it takes, like, passing opportunities away. But with Dak, like, if you expect Ezekiel Elliott to get more touches, like, that directly takes away from Prescott. And so um, he's another one that, like, you can stack with Amari Cooper and um, Michael G- uh, Gallup. And if you really think Jason Witten's going to score two weeks in a row, go nuts there. But... Just the the increased usage of Zeke has to take away from Prescott.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And it's interesting on, on the on the Dolphins' part. You know, we we talked about how how much Lamar Jackson did, but still only threw twenty passes. They still ran the ball. Their running back still ran the ball thirty eight times. Right. That game. So it's uh, you know it was kind of spread out with Edwards and seventeen and Ingram fourteen, but uh, they they still ran the ball a lot. But uh, yeah, I agree there. I'm, I'm the same with Dak. I, I think it's interesting. You know how much does Kellen Moore make a difference as offense coordinator? Mm-hmm. Their offensive game planning and calling the last couple of years was atrocious. Yeah, it was. Uh, Prescott has weapons. You know, Michael Gallup looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper looked really good. Uh, Jason Witten looked old. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I mean, he's got great weapons. I just like guys cheaper. And I guess we'll get to those. Uh, there's two guys that, uh, right under 6,000 on DraftKings, right under 8,000 on Fender. I love the first is Jared Goff. mm mm-hmm. uh, really good game script and i i kind of like the narrative script here the fact that they didn't do very much in the passing game against the, the panthers last week is a very quiet game for Goff. i love that when that happens week one they're coming back home he had 22 touchdowns in eight games at home last year with 9.0 ypa at home he was a different quarterback at home their offense was different at home last year um i just think people are a little bit off them after the end of the season last year he, he struggled down the stretch struggled in the playoffs was bad in the super bowl and then you take last week on top of it i think there's a lot of like i've seen a lot of jared Goff's not a very good quarterback comments this yeah. week and you know Drew Brees coming. This game is a way better quarterback than golf. And I just, I think it's a, a, a bit of overreaction by people. I think golf's going to be under owned this week. And I think he's going to be really good in a game. that's a really fantastic game script.
1: I, I love golf this week. And oh, nice. I think so. Um, I, when I was reading uh, Chris Liss's um, beating the book column or uh, right. this week, or it was either that or an East coast offense that he thinks that the saints are two and a half points better than the Rams in LA. Like, and I kind of responded that like the Saints needed a 58 yard field goal to beat the Texans at home, whereas the Rams yep. went like cross country sure. and won in Carolina. Now, now that we've seen another game of Carolina, I guess that doesn't look like that great, <laughs> but like, I, w- why don't we think that the Rams are like an elite team still? Like, obviously this is a very good game of two very good teams, but like the game is in LA Goff is so much better there than he is anywhere else. And he has three elite wide receivers who make his job so much easier. Like, it's not like he's playing throwing to nobody. So I don't know. I, I just the, the Jared Goff negativity like baffles me because it just seems like it's it, it's we're taking like these random situations where he wasn't good. And we're like, see, and we're just ignoring all the good stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's a gigantic Super Bowl hangover that kind of got, uh, you know, everybody got the, their confirmation bias in week one in terms of his stats. I think it's a, a way overreaction. I think the Goff's going to be good this week. I think McVay going to make sure that Goff's good this week. I think we're going to see a lot of points this game. In a game like this where, you know, close spread, a lot of points, uh, I want the quarterback in that game, especially the home quarterback. Right, for sure.
1: And, and that's not to say that, like, Drew Brees is a bad play in this game because, like, again, we're expecting a lot of points. But, like, I'm not... Right. I don't see a need to pay more for Drew Brees, who as well has all these great weapons that, that he can use. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I love the Rams this week.
0: I I do too. Uh, the other quarterback I love this week is Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. 5,800 drafting, 7,600 on FanDuel. Another huge overreaction game. They were terrible last week against the Pages, but they just got... It just, they just got run, and it just, it just kind of snowballed on them. You know, they couldn't get it going early, and all of a sudden you look up, and you know, the Patriots have, you know, are up 20. And you just, those games just tend to happen in the NFL. Um, I trust Roethlisberger to bounce back pretty big this week. Uh, you know, and it's hard to ignore just how bad that Seattle defense was last week. There, uh, we talked about it last week. I think Seattle's defense is super overrated just because mm-hmm. of the Seahawks and everybody thinks they're still good. They have almost none of the players that they had. That whole right. Legion of Boom is gone. Cam Chancellor's gone. Earl Thomas is gone. Richard Sherman's gone. Those are three like all-time defensive backs that have left that left that team over the last few years. And their secondary is not good. Andy Dalton had 418 yards. John Ross had two big touchdowns, and they were both like. Broken plays, mistakes in the secondary. It's not John Ross just beating them. You know, there's a ball, kind of a jump ball, and Ross just out jumped the guy. It was a bad play by the DB. The other one was a flea flicker where they totally got burned on it and, mm-hmm. and Ross ran for a touchdown. But, you know, Tyler Boyd had a lot of action. I just, you know, anytime you see Andy Dalton throw for 418, <laughs> I get it. that The Zach Taylor, Sean McVay offense is different there in Cincinnati. They're a lot more interesting than they were last year, but. I just think the Seattle secondary is really bad. I think Roethlisberger is going to exploit it in a big way. Uh, it, Goff and Roethlisberger, is for me, at and, and, and price down, are, are my two main quarterbacks by a pretty significant margin.
1: And the benefit about Roethlisberger is that it's significantly cheaper to stack like the Pits, the um, the Pittsburgh passing game than it is the Rams. Like right. You're not going to get Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup cheap. But um, Juju Smith-Schuster is obviously on the higher end. But when you have Moncrief,
0: who... Had was like a, just abysmal in that game. It was really
1: bad. But like t- ten targets, it's like tough to avoid yeah. that. It sounds like they're going to keep throwing to him. And then uh, James Washington um, is like the star of the of air yard of the air yards list. Um, yeah, that and those two guys are significantly cheaper than the, a lot of the wide receivers that you're going to look at. So like a, a full Pittsburgh stack um, makes sense. And I think like you were saying, like you think that Seattle is going to have to throw a little more. So if you want to throw like uh, Metcalf in there from Seattle, like I, or, um, you know, you can probably stack this game because, um, it's not, you know, it wouldn't be shocking if this was one of the higher scoring games of the
0: weekend. Yeah. I like, I like this game as a, as a game stack. I like, uh, I like a Roethlisberger juju Vance McDonald too. Oh, I yeah, think that, sure, uh, sure. I think Vance to be pretty involved and he's cheap. I think he's 3,900 away get the tight ends. I like that too. I like, I like going back with a DK Metcalf. Uh, he, he looked good last week. Yeah, he looked he like the he looked like a just an animal. I know he's a he's a you know a, a combined beast in a in a workroom you know weight room animal, but you know six targets, four catches, 89 yards. He looks like he's explosive. He looks like he's big and strong, obviously, which we knew. But Wilson obviously trusts him too. They had a couple balls that were kind of you know he, he kind of gave him the trust he's gonna he's gonna make a play over a DB when he was covered. And Tyler Lockett had the big touchdown, but only had two targets. I think they're gonna get him more involved if he plays. He has the back issue, but I really like a I really like a Seahawks and then coming back with at least one of the the Seahawks receivers. On that note, we talked about the Rams game. I like a I like a Rams stack coming back with either Alvin Kamara. You come back with like Traecon Smith or Ted Ginn yeah. if you wanted to get cheap. But uh, I think even Jared Cook is a comeback in a Rams uh, Saint stack is really interesting. So it, it's interesting you you bring that up. I you know I love the you know stack one side then get one guy coming back in the other way. You know you want that getting back and forth if your guys are going to go off. Any kind of GPP setting, you're going to need all your players to go off, so you might as well go for a game that you think is going to go crazy.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and the Pittsburgh-Seattle one is, is easier to stack salary-wise than, than Rams-Saints. It Because obviously, I mean, Traquan Smith and, um, and Ginn are, are on the cheaper side, but literally like everybody else, you you're really have to pay up for it. And right. it I, the only problem I think with stacking or trying to stack Rams-Saints is that it seems like one that a lot of people will try to do. Like uh, Even though the, the Chiefs-Raiders game has a higher total, um, I don't know, like, how far you're really going to stack that game. I mean, I guess you could do, like, a Mahomes, Watkins, Kelsey with Tyrell Williams coming back, um, Jalen Rashard, if you think that's, how, you know, how they end up having to come back. But, I don't know, it just seems like the Ram Saints is easy. You know, it's all the guys that people know, and so um, right. that might be a pretty popular stack.
0: Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Steelers-Seahawks. Uh, I think that game's going to be going to go over. I think that game's going to be really interesting, and I think that... We're going to see the Seattle secondary get lit up again.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, uh, I don't know if it was last week or one of the earlier pods that we did, that, that Seattle is definitely overrated defensively, and it really is the secondary. That's, the, like, the worst part of it. And so yep. that plays perfectly to Roethlisberger.
0: And I think it's going to take two or three, maybe four weeks before people really fully get, uh, get that with Seattle.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. The one game Any, I wanted to yeah. ask you about, Yeah. 49ers at Bengals. Can we stack this game?
0: Uh, I think it's just kind of a sneaky one. I think that the, you know, the Andy Dalton and the Bengals looked different with with Zach Taylor calling the offense. Uh, I think the 49ers' pass rushes must improved. You know, a lot of Jameis Winston's mistakes were them getting pressure, getting in his face, and, and the interceptions. But uh, yeah, I think you could, if you wanted to, I don't think I go full stack, but you could go something like, uh, you know, I actually preferred Tyler Boyd this week over John Ross. I think that the John Ross hype will be a little bit much and you could go with a, a Dalton, uh, Dalton Boyd stack and then bring, bring Matt Breed out back the other way. The problem with stacking this game is it's almost impossible to figure out four ers receivers. You'd have to go yeah. George Kittle, George Kittle. I think if you went to, uh, went that way.
1: Yep. Yep. Which I mean. I like perfectly I fine with me. Yeah.
0: Kittle, uh, Kittle, you know, his game looked quiet last week, but uh, you know, if you look closer, he had two touchdowns called back by. Holding yeah. Penalties. yeah. Yeah. And he is, I mean, they're feeding the crap out of him. He's clearly the guy. The rest of the receivers are kind of, you know, who's open at that moment. But you know, George Kittle had uh, what he have a uh, 10 targets last week, eight catches. He's clearly the, the focus and in, in a heavy, heavy way in that passing offense.
1: And it's very much not Dante Pettis.
0: It is very much not Dante <laughs> Pettis, who is uh, definitely having that star uh, getting a little less, a uh, little less shine in that star, but each and every week.
1: Yikes! I mean, I don't know if I was more surprised by that or the Tyler Lockett situation. Although, like the Lockett thing was always funny to me because he was like a low volume, high efficiency guy, and everyone's right. like, "Well, Doug Baldwin's gone, so the the targets have to go somewhere else, and so they're definitely going to go to Lockett." And we kind of ignored the fact that like maybe they just don't throw as much, even though they didn't even throw that much already. And so everyone's like, "This Lockett result is shocking." And it's like, "No, this is literally Tyler Lockett. This is what he is."
0: And, and that was the game where they they trailed some of the time. Yeah, and it was a close game the whole time. They still only threw the ball twenty times.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I don't know how you how anybody can feel good about Tyler Lockett on a week to week basis.
0: Yeah, and especially he's got a little bit of a now back he's got injury his back now. Issue, so, yeah. yeah, I mean that's a terrible thing for receivers. Speaking of receivers. Uh, my favorite guy in the top end this week, uh, you know, I, I think pretty obviously from how we're talking about the Pittsburgh game is Juju Smith. He did have a toe issue, he got in the last drive. I had no idea why they were in, why they were throwing the ball down 33 or three or <laughs> whatever it was. Um, but you know, you know we mentioned that uh, the, the Seahawks secondary, we've already talked about that, but you know, uh, Tyler Boyd and John Ross last week 15 catches, 218 yards, two catches, two touchdowns combined. A huge week. I love Juju this week, 7,500 on DraftKings. 8100 on Fanduel. I think he's my play this week over DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams. I think he's my fair play up in that range.
1: I I agree. Um, I put Devontae Adams not in this group. Like I think it's Juju Smith Schuster, Hopkins. I I hate to like not include Thomas, but like the the total lack of like long passing to Thomas like bothers me. <laughs> yeah. And but you know in on draftings, at least with full PPR, you got to always consider him. And I think I'd put Keenan Allen in this group too. Like, I think with no Hunter Henry and Williams possibly out, like, we talked about Eckler should be plenty used, but like, Keenan Allen, who, who was awesome last week, like, I think he's going to be a heavily targeted receiver like every week. And I think you can maybe put him ahead of Thomas. And I don't necessarily want to put him ahead of Hopkins because, like, it's just ridiculous how good DeAndre Hopkins is, like against anybody. Yeah. But this is the week where he has to prove it's against anybody because of uh, Jalen Ramsey.
0: And he's been pretty good against Jalen Ramsey, yeah, but been. at the at, at the price, I just you know I'm just not going to pay up for it. You know, if, if Hopkins was cheap because it's facing Ramsey, sure I'd be all over that. But at eighty-one hundred on DraftKings, nine thousand on FanDuel, I just think it's a week that I'm not going to pay up for him. You mentioned Michael Thomas, and I you know I agree with you on the you know the the touchdowns, the deep balls, but. I looked last year at his game against the Rams, 12 catches, yeah. 211 yards and a touchdown. He was an absolute monster against the Rams last year. How much do you put into that? You know, the Rams defense is pretty much what they were last year. And we're going to get a game, maybe similar to that. Do you put a lot of weight in that or just kind of, that's a, that's one off game.
1: I don't put anything into it. Okay. I like, I really try to not, um, be, because we're, we're, taking something that's a very small sample and we're trying to be like, no, 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 it's it's a more applicable sample because it's the same thing. It's the same situation. And then if you look, you know, if you can look further back and there are games where Thomas was not that good against the Rams and you're like, no, 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 no but we've seen that he has a great game. And it's like, right. right but like we've seen the opposite as well. And so, uh, I mean, again, there's going to be a ton of yards and a ton of points in that game. So I understand going with him. But um, I think Smith Schuster probably has more upside um, in a game that you and I at least think is going to be pretty high scoring. Um, But the one guy who's like a little behind here who is now like a prove it guy is Sammy Watkins. And do you put Watkins in this group with these guys?
0: Uh, I don't yet, but the fact that he's in that Chiefs offense makes me very tempted to. Uh, Andy Reid is excellent at getting people open. I mean, his, his walk-in second touchdown, there was literally nobody within like nobody. eight yards of him. It was it was crazy. Like, everybody's like, oh, Pat Mahomes. I mean, I think Pat Mahomes is awesome, but that was like the easiest pass. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the easiest seven yard touch I've ever seen. But uh, that's Andy Reid for you. I mean, he has a quarterback who's really good, and he has a, a scheme that's excellent. He gets guys open. I just wonder if you take Tyreek Hill out of there and the game plan this week going with the Raiders is, you know, Tyreek Hill's not playing. Where last week it was – Hill wasn't there, but their game plan was still – you know there was still Hill, Hill, Hill. And once he goes out, you know, I think it takes a little bit to kind of readjust to that and mm-hmm. readjust your game plan and kind of keep mid-game in flow. But this week they know there's no Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins is there Focus on offense, and I think that I'll just go with – I'll go with Travis Kelsey or a cheaper uh, Kansas City guy for some upside, I think, before I go with Watkins fully priced. Okay. All right.
1: I think, yeah, I, I think I agree with, with that. I think just from like a, uh floor perspective, I don't think he necessarily like Watkins doesn't need as many targets as these other guys which may like work in right. his favor. But um, in, the, when you're playing guys in this range, like you're expecting a ton of volume and um, the, the chiefs have been able to, and obviously Hill has been around for a lot of it, but like the chiefs have been able to be successful without necessarily like feeding Watkins. And so, if you're just relying now on a few like broken plays or missed tackles so that he can go for 80 yards, like that's not as reliable as guys who are as heavily targeted.
0: Yeah. And the the Raiders secondary did not look good last week. I know that. I mean, they, uh, they didn't face a powerful offense in the, in the Broncos, but Cortland Sutton had 20 yards. Emmanuel Sanders had 86 yards yeah. and a touchdown. Uh, so I certainly am not uh, not fading anybody against the Oakland defense. I just think that Sammy Watkins fully priced. I like other guys in the range more, but, uh, you know, it's a little scary with the Chiefs offense because you know they're going to score. It's going to come from somewhere. I'm just banking it's not going to come from Watkins this week.
1: Yeah, I think the difficulty is that we're, we're used to seeing Watkins priced like the, a number two, and now right. he's priced like a number one, and we're like, no, no, no wait a minute. I should be getting Watkins for 5000 but like he I think he's efficiently priced at 7200 but now we you know we have a one game sample that shows he deserves to be there.
0: So we talked about the, uh, the Rams offense a bunch with Derek Goff. We've got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks 6400, 6300, 6000 respectively. Do you have a preference among these three guys or just kind of kind of, you know, stack different guys in different lineups? Do you have a do you have a a feel for which one of these guys you like the most?
1: Uh, Cooks always seems to be third for me. Um, it's because me, me
0: too. I it's just a, a big play guy, but he's always yeah. third for so me too, just based on targets.
1: Exactly, and that's that's always the way I look at it. And so, uh, when I like started building a cash lineup, you know, if I if I had one with golf, and it's like, all right, well, let me go get cup or let me get Woods. Cup usually is ahead just because, um, like catches are more important. Not that he's getting like so many more looks than Woods, but but Cooks is always the the third consideration for me, at least in cash games, because. It just seems like they're, he's always throwing to Cup and, and Woods, and so it, the difficulty is that he, because he kind of spreads it out, they become less reliable. Which you know is why we get them for a thousand or two thousand dollars less than the upper tier guys. But um, I, Cup is ahead for me, um, but you know, if you said i like Woods, then I, you know, I'm not going to kill you on that one.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of close. I, I do like Woods. He's probably my favorite guy in the situation. I just think that you look back at. You know, game logs last year and obviously the 13 targets week one, he just always is involved. There's never a game where he has under, you know, seven targets, say. There's a couple last year, maybe one was week 17. But every game, uh, you know, he had, I think he had three games all last year where he had less than seven targets. He's just always involved. Uh, I think mean, these games, going to be very back and forth. Woods is my favorite guy. I'm, I'm cup second also, um, 10 targets last week. He looked, uh, he looked pretty good for that, you know, coming back off the knee injury. I just think what you're getting a little more explosiveness from Woods, uh, maybe a little more, uh, Cup, they do like Cup in the red zone a, a good amount, but I just think Woods. I think you have the you have the targets plus a little bit more big play than you do with Cup.
1: I think that's a perfect read. That's a, that's exactly right, and I feel like Cooks. You have the it's the opposite. You have the big play, but you don't necessarily have the targets.
0: Right. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Cincinnati, San Francisco, a game. Uh, a guy I really like this week is Tyler Boyd. Interesting enough, you know, almost everybody uh, we see, you know, Fanduel has a higher uh, salary cap, so they're, they're they're the players are almost always higher. He's actually cheaper on Fanduel. He's 6,300 on Fanduel, 6,500 on DraftKings. He's a big time Fanduel play for me. Uh, everybody's talking about John Ross. He had those two big plays, but Tyler Boyd had 11 targets last week. He had eight catches. He only had 60 yards, but he's just a guy that I think is going to be very, very involved this week. I think that like you said, Cincinnati's going to probably be a little more high scoring than most people think. Uh, I love Tyler Boyd this week kind of off the, you know, everybody's talking about the other guy uh, narrative here.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, their prices uh, at least make it easier to stack them. Like they're not, it's not like you're paying for two number ones and Ross like produce like a number one. Um, I think, Everyone will go to Ross this week uh, because he's so much cheaper, uh, which obviously makes Boyd significantly more attractive for GPPs because, like, he is the better receiver. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think uh, the only hesitation I have is like the Niners' defense isn't bad, Scott.
0: It's uh, it looked good last week. Yeah. They got a lot of pressure. Uh, Nick Bosa did not practice the last couple of days, but I think he's gonna be fine. Uh, I'm not fully buying in on uh, on how good they okay. are, but I think the, the the pass rush up front is a big big difference. They haven't had that in a few years. Makes it, it's amazing what a good pass rush how how much better it makes a secondary look.
1: Absolutely, and I mean Andy Dalton isn't exactly like somebody who loves to stand in on pressure. So I don't know. I I, I like the idea of Boyd and Ross in a game that like we you know if we're expecting seventy percent of Dalton's production from last week. um, yeah, I, I like it. I just think, you know, Ross, per dollar, you have to think that he is probably the more productive of the two, no?
0: It, well, on DraftKings, yeah. I mean, he's Tyler Boyd's $1,900 more in on DraftKings. On FanDuel, Ross is $100 more. Yeah, that's, Yeah. That's that's, that's pretty wild. That's a pretty wild difference. That's a that's a big reaction on yeah, Mike Vandle on, on Ross's week one. Uh, I just like Boyd in this offense. You know, it's not Sean McVay's offense, but it's kind of a similar thing. Zach said. I was trying to recreate that. I love Boyd in kind of that Robert Woods role in this offense, whereas Ross is more Brandon Cooks. I just think I think Boyd's gonna be a target monster all year, and I like him in a game where nobody's talking about
1: him. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great read.
0: We mentioned uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, you know, as someone the draftings did not price up. He's only 4,400 there after the big game. Six, six catches, 105 yards, a touchdown against Denver. Obviously, they had their prices out before that game, so he's not adjusted up. Kansas City just gave up 146 yards to uh, DJ Chark and 97 yards to Chris Conley. D.D. Westbrook also scored three receivers, had touchdowns in that game against the Chiefs. Uh, great game script here, you know, a game where we think the Chiefs are going to get out, out in front score a bunch of points. The Raiders are going to have to throw the ball. Uh, how do you deal with Tyrell Williams? I don't think he's going to be super high percentage, at least on draftings at 4,400.
1: Yeah. I think he'll be like one of the more popular wide receivers in cash games because you just don't get this kind of production from this price range. I mean, you have obviously, we just talked about Ross who's in there who had a good game uh, last week and not necessarily going to do it again, but you know, now you look like Larry Fitzgerald at Baltimore. You're not going to take that. Um, Corey Davis. If you want to go down that road again, good.
0: God.
1: Um, and Metcalf is obviously in this range, but he doesn't seem as safe for, for cash game. So I think, um, I think Williams makes perfect sense for cash and you could probably fade him in GPPs, uh, just because of the ownership. I mean, if you went in, I'm like, who's going to score more points, Tyrell Williams or Kenny stills, like, you know, you have to think about it and thinking about it, it should be enough to be like, all right, well, if one guy is going to be 40% and the other guy is going to be 8%, then you take the 8% guy.
0: Do you have a, a guy you like more between uh, Dante Moncrief and James Washington kind of in this cheap range for the Pittsburgh offense? I think that, you know, Washington's clearly the, the big play, air yards guy. Moncrief is the target guy. he had four drops last week. Three catches for seven yards on ten targets is really ugly. Do you think the momentum is shifting a little bit towards Washington, or do you think that Moncrief's still the target guy and, and Washington's the deep guy?
1: Uh, I mean, given the – I mean, the targets for Moncrief are like fine, are good. Like, you want that, but um, when you're in this – price range like you you kind of want the guy who's going to go deep and score a touchdown and so like right. Moncrief I mean obviously it's fine if Moncrief has you know six catches for 60 yards at um 4,000 on on DraftKings but like that's not going to win you a GPP and I don't think he's safe enough uh for cash games even though you know the the targets are there so I think Washington just makes more sense upside wise because he's going to be further down the field
0: we talked about uh, the, the Giants and, and not being able to stop the Cowboys' passing game, and all. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup went crazy. Uh, with that in mind, any interest in John Brown or Cole Beasley? John Brown's 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,300 on FanDuel. Beasley's down to 3,800 on DraftKings. Beasley had nine targets last week. The Giants gave up 100 yards to two different receivers. We mentioned John Brown looked great, seven for one, twenty three on 10 targets against the Jets. Uh, either of these guys uh, you like or think are uh, you know overly playable this week. The
1: benefit is that they're cheap. Uh, and so you can fit a few of them in, but, um, I don't know. Beasley is Beasley doesn't have like the, the upside that you look for, for GPP. And so, uh, I mean, you can obviously pay down for that in cash games, but now you're kind of relying on getting a bunch of targets from Josh Allen, which, um, I mean, if, if, the the Giants are terrible, and so Josh Allen can prove that they're terrible uh, with that. But I just don't think it's worth. I don't think you need to pay down this far, especially with with uh, Tyrell Williams, fairly you know, in this range um, where you know he's like a number one and in, um, in a game that should have a lot of points. So I'm, I, the Bills receivers, yeah, like they're fine, they're cheap, so you'll be able to fit them in with uh, with other good players uh, if you're going to stack this game, which. Um, Good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, if I had to go between those two guys, it would be John Brown for me. I thought he just looked really good. But yeah. I agree with you. It's uh, probably other receivers I like more. A couple of the guys in the in the low-end range I want to ask you about. Uh, McCole Hardman uh, played 53 snaps last week. We talked about the fact that Tyreek Hill is out a bunch. He only had one target somehow, but he's obviously a super fast guy. He's boom or bust. You know, I think they're going to try and drop a couple plays to get him in space this week. Uh, probably a lot of uh, attention by the Raiders on Sammy Watkins. Any interest in uh, Macol Hardman or maybe Demarcus Robinson this week? Both super. Uh, Demarcus Robinson super cheap, thirty five hundred. Yeah. He played forty three snaps, only had two targets. That uh, we talked about the Raiders giving up a lot of uh, yards to Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders. Either of these guys uh, jump out to you as someone that you want to play in a, in a GPP type situation. Hardman's price
1: on DraftKings like 4,800 is like puzzling for a guy who didn't catch his only target in a game where they, yeah. And it's weird
0: points. that, you know, of all the people that didn't bump up, they clearly bumped him up with the, with Tyree kill out.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, he's, I think he's fine for GPP. I, I I'm not touching him in, in cash games, but uh, he is at least like a cheaper, um, option in the Chiefs passing game although you mentioned Robinson as well is significantly cheaper um, but yeah it, it does sound like they're going to try to get him the ball but um, ultimately like they had they should have had plenty of opportunities last week to get him the ball and they didn't and so I don't know it's a he's like a, a question mark that makes me makes it tough for me to to go there just based on some other guys that I don't want to call them like proven but like uh, you know w- I feel like you're going to get more out of somebody like Ted Ginn who's cheaper because like, you know, that they're going to be throwing and even the the Pittsburgh guys are in this range. And so like where you're, you're going to have to make like a significant jump for Hardman to like justify just not, not even like the salary, just like using the roster spot on him.
0: And $1,000 cheaper on draftings than than uh, Hardman is Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Uh, still dirt cheap at 3,800. He looked really good. He had five catches for 120 yards and, uh, and a touchdown, seven targets. And I watched that game. I had Philadelphia and Survivor, so I kind of was watching that game early. He had a wide open deep ball that uh, Case Keenum actually missed him on. He should have had two long touchdowns. He was open by like three or four yards, just a bad ball by Keenum. Could be a nice uh, second half game script. They are underdogs to the Cowboys. He just looks like a guy that might be really, really good to me. He looks talented. He looks fast. He looks like they're they're using him a ton. I think this might be the last week to get Terry McLaurin, McLaurin uh, really cheap.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing that you have to really consider when you take him is that you are thinking that Case Keenum is good enough to do this two <laughs> weeks in a row. And... Right. I don't think he is, but I, I mean, thankfully the, the salary is low enough where you'll be able to do it. Um, but yeah, he looked very good. And I think this week's matchup is going to be tougher than last week, even though last week's wasn't like easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he makes sense. There are plenty. He's on that list of guys who are like high up in air yards, although he actually like caught a bunch of his passes. Unlike, um, Cody Latimer, I think was like one of the top air yards guys. And, um, it will take McLaurin ahead of Latimer like all day. And so um, yeah. there's just like, certainly makes sense in GPP and you can use him, uh, you know, w- against this Dallas stack if you want, you know, like a Dak uh, Cooper, Gallup McLaurin. So like that makes sense. But again, like you're the, the whole like Keenum just missed him on a long touchdown. Like that could happen all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I do like guys that are getting open. He just looks like a uh, yeah, looks like a pretty a good receiver for the for the price under four thousand on drafting. He's a guy that uh, I will definitely sprinkle in on some GPP lineups. Uh, before we get to uh, tight ends and a little bit of defense to wrap up here, a note from our sponsor, Fantasy Draft, FantasyDraft.com would like to bring you an important message about rake. Are you tired of paying high fees to play Daily Fantasy? Did you know that over time, these fees called rake can cost Daily Fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As Daily Fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players, but change has arrived. Fantasy Draft has changed the game by bringing you rake-free Daily Fantasy. That's right, you're now able to play your favorite contest without paying any rake at all. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contest, Rake Free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars of rake every month. Rake Free Daily Fantasy is truly a game changer. Just imagine what playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FantasyDraft.com today to take part in the rake-free revolution. Use promo code code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. So tight ends this week, I feel like we've kind of hit on a bunch of them as we we're discussing stacks with the quarterbacks and everything. But tight end to me this week pretty much comes down to strategy. If you want to go up top, you can go Kelsey Kittle or even Evan Ingram. We can kind of throw him in there, although he's a, a lot cheaper on DraftKings. He's pretty close uh, on FanDuel. Or if you want to go down cheap, you can go Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Vance McDonald, TJ Hawkinson, all under 4000 on DraftKings. They did not adjust the tight ends up at all this week, Andrew.
1: It's astonishing, like it is the like. TJ I was. like. Hawkes
0: three thousand on DraftKings.
1: I I didn't even scroll far enough to like realize he was there. Like I <laughs> I went down and I'm like I must have missed him because and then I was like you keep going and it was actually I got to Waller first and Waller is uh what was he thirty two thirty three hundred on DraftKings and I was like oh my gosh like everybody's gonna have Waller this week because he had such a good game there's a high total and I'm like. I keep going and I'm like, wait a minute, why is Hawkinson down here? And like, you're right. Andrews is in this range. Um, he's a little higher. Uh, Vance McDonald, who I don't think anybody's considering over these other guys, which only helps his, uh his lower ownership. Um, love. love. But like, I went in thinking like, I want to play Evan Ingram. I said this last week, I ended up not playing him and he had this huge game. And I think it's another great situation for him because we're the, I kind of wrote about this a little bit, like the Buffalo Uh, pass rush is very good. Eli Manning is not very good. And so it's like, well, you have a tight end who maybe needs to stay on the line a little more to block because they're going to get to Manning. But the Giants don't have anybody to catch any passes. Like Ingram is one of these guys, especially if Sterling Shepard sits out. So like I look at the, there's no way that Travis Kelsey is $2,100 on DraftKings better than Evan Ingram this week. No way. And yet like in a cash lineup, how can you justify paying 5200 for Ingram when Hawkinson is 3000 Yep. Like, I, it, it, I, I think you, you mentioned this before. Like, I think we're going to see lower ownership on Kelsey because they're just, like, begging you to pay down a tight end this week.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's going to look at that line and scroll down and see Waller, Andrews, and Hawkinson and be like, this is easy. Like, yeah. I think if you ever want to get Travis Kelsey or George Kittle uh, at at way lower percentages than normal, this is the week to do it. It's it's hard to you got to figure out you know where else you're dropping down. But I tell you what, Kittle at 6,800 on drafting, 700 fatal was going to be I think just overlooked this week. He had two touchdowns called back last week. He had 10 targets. They are going to feed him every week, and no matter what, as long as he's healthy, he's going to see the ball a ton. Uh, in, a, in a build where I am avoiding the lower end tight ends, I love playing Kittle this week. I think you're going to get him at like 4% owned. I think it's going to be a really nice week to own George Kittle and GPPs.
1: I wouldn't overlook the possibility of playing like three wide, three cheap wide receivers, McLaurin, Washington, and whoever. Uh, I was going to say Cody Harold Latimer. Um, and then playing Kelsey and Kittle.
0: That'd be that'd be a really cool build, mate. One that fits if you want to go cheap at wide receiver. Right. So,
1: like, you're you're basically playing Kelsey and Kittle, uh, instead of like Keenan Allen and Watkins. Right. Or uh, we didn't even talk about the Minnesota Green Bay game. We casually mentioned Adams, but like Thielen and Diggs. Uh, I don't think anybody's playing them this
0: week. But they like, they threw can... the ball. They threw the ball ten times last week. <laughs> That's true. fair point. They, they should Insane. throw more this week. Yeah, I mean they were they were way ahead, but I mean it's it's clear that they're they're shifting a little bit towards running the ball more. But yeah, it's uh, if you want feet little digs at a way lower percentage than normal, this is the week. Right.
1: So like, there, I mean there are a number of like guys in the Kelsey Kittle salary range who are wide receivers we didn't even talk about. It. I mean like Kenny Galladay is there, T. Y. Hilton. Like I think those guys are perfectly fine, and they're fine enough that people will go to them in these price ranges because they're like, oh, I'm just going to pay down a tight end that. Um, playing both like Kelsey and Kittle can be just as productive as any of those wide receivers. Yep. And if you have both of them, like even if they're in, even in a situation where they're both owned and we don't even think they're going to be owned this week. Like who on earth is going to have both of them?
0: Uh, nobody's going to have both of them. And Kelsey was three for 88 last week on eight targets. And uh, Patrick Mahomes missed him in the end zone because he attempted yeah. a no look pass on purpose. Yeah. Maybe he'll so, look. So, I mean, yeah, he'll look this week, and no Tyreek Hill. Uh, you got to love Kelsey getting very involved. They're gonna. We've got Sammy Watkins, and then a bunch of kind of you know younger, un- unproven receivers. It's got to be a week that I think that Mahomes is gonna lean pretty good on Kelsey.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, unfortunately, we kind of said that last week, that right? It seemed like a good Kelsey week, although like if, he'll... if he
0: looks, if he looks at him, it is a good Kelsey week. <laughs> <laughs> he was wide ass open in the end zone. It was ridiculous. Fair
1: point. Fair point.
0: So among the cheaper guys, we've got – I think that the three popular ones will be Andrews, Hawkinson, and Darren Waller. Waller was not uh, priced up because of the Monday Night Football game we thought, but maybe they just didn't price up uh, tight ends at all. Do you have a strong preference among the three if you are going to go down to that range? Uh, For me, I love shifting to Vance McDonald. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, I don't like his targets last week. All four of his targets were in the fourth quarter, kind of in garbage time. They were not used at all in the first three quarters. But uh, Seattle gave up nine catches, 93 yards to CJ Uzoma and Tyler Eifert last week. So they can obviously be gotten in their secondary, as we mentioned multiple times. Do you have a guy in this lower range that you, that you like more than the others?
1: Uh, it was going to be Waller until I saw Hawkinson's price. Like I just <laughs> didn't expect. I, I I saw Waller's price and I was like, okay, it makes, it makes sense because we see Josh Jacobs price down and Tyra Williams priced down. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, and I just, what you can do with a $3,000 Hawkinson elsewhere in your lineup is just too good to pass up for me.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. He had 142 air yards, yeah. 25 more than any other tight end. Um, six for Buck 31 on nine targets. And obviously the, the matchup gets tougher this week. You know, he had Arizona last week, this week against the Chargers. I almost said the Clippers every time I see LAC, I think. Clippers. <laughs> um, I still search matchup, for San Diego. But, yeah, no doubt. Tougher matchup, but... I just think he's incorrectly priced on DraftKings. He's 6000 on FanDuel. He's twice as expensive. So you can, you could definitely move around on FanDuel between different uh, yeah. tight ends. You can, Kittle's only 1100 more than Hawkinson on FanDuel. So it's very much different on the two sides this week. I think at DraftKings, it's, it's going to be hard not to go cheap at tight end. I mean, you look at, uh, Darren Waller looked like the second receiving option in, yeah. in Oakland pretty clearly behind Tyrell Williams.
1: Yeah, sure did. And in th- that was in a game that they really didn't have to throw that much. Like they right. ran Josh Jacobs a ton and theoretically they should be throwing in this one. Um, yeah. one he had last eight t-
0: targets in that game and he gets Chiefs this week. You gotta like that. E-
1: exactly. Exactly. One last thing on Hawkinson. He's a hundred dollars cheaper this week than he was last week.
0: Well, I mean, he didn't do very much last week. So it makes sense. <laughs> very odd. It just feel like someone hit three instead of five or something. It was something just like a, a flat out mistake. Yeah. Um, defense really quickly last week. Uh, gotta give you a lot of credit. You, uh, We were talking defense. You mentioned the lower-owned San Francisco 49ers. They had two interceptions, returned for touchdowns, Richard Sherman and Akella Witherspoon. uh, You called that really well. You just pretty much nailed how they're going to play against Jameis Winston, so props on that one. Uh, Who's your uh, sneaky defense this week? Because I'm just going to ride that until it uh, gives me a reason not to. The New York football giants. Wow. Going anti-Josh Allen. It's interesting. Same kind of theory as Winston, right? Uh,
1: I mean, the, the Jets outscored the Patriots and the Ravens last week. They almost doubled the Patriots. They're fantasy so, defenses, obviously. Fan, of course, of course. Yeah, um, wow. yeah so I mean, New England. That's, that's interesting. New England won by 30 and had 10 DraftKings points. The Ravens won by 49 and had 13. And the Jets lost and had 18 fantasy points.
0: That is, uh, that, that's pretty wild. I guess they had, what, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and one sack and a touchdown, right? And a safety. They had a safety. Oh, they had a safety. <laughs> And I think That's, the Jets' defense
1: is better than the Giants, but Josh Allen is like fits the Jameis Winston. Like they're they can be a little sloppy. The turnovers are there, and you can pay thirty nine hundred for the Bears at Denver. You can pay thirty eight hundred on DraftKings for the Ravens home against Arizona. Um, New England is thirty seven hundred. Those are the three most expensive. Um, or you could save fourteen hundred dollars and go with the Giants.
0: I uh, I like the other side of this game. I like Buffalo at 3,400 on DraftKings. Uh, they, their demons looked really swarming to me. They had four sacks against Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to force Eli into a lot of mistakes. They could. I think that. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be that's a good one for me. I like them on DraftKings 3,400. The other one's interesting to me. Huge price disparity. Uh, the Texans are 4800 on Fandle and 2800 on DraftKings going against a new quarterback in Gardner Minshew. Uh, clearly, Fandle priced that up. They priced up a lot of kind of injury uh, situations, and they did that one too. Just the large disparity there. I think that, uh, you know, anytime I can get a, a, a defense that. You know, winning against the Saints so didn't look great, but I think he's going to get to make some waves. And obviously, J.J. Watt is a, a special player. And if I can get that at twenty eight hundred against a new quarterback, I know Minshew looked really good when he came back against the Chiefs. But they're gonna game plan for him this week. They're going to show him some different stuff. If I can get that under three thousand. That's uh, interesting to me. And a, a shot I want to take.
1: It seems like Minshew's game last week could be like the best he's he'll ever be.
0: Uh, I agreed. Fine. And he was, he was really good. And I was shocked by it.
1: Right. Like to the point where they, you were like, why did they even spend all this money on Foles if they had this guy? Right. Um, but yeah. So now we've got a whole week. Um, I, I, I totally agree. I think the Texans are a great pay down option as well. Um, they're probably better than, you know, they're probably worth the 300 away from the giants. But uh, yeah, that does seem like an odd um, price discrepancy because um, like the Texans should control that game pretty easily.
0: Uh, yeah, one would think, and I, I think that they'll force Minshew into some mistakes. So that's—them uh, and, the, and the Bills are probably my two favorite defense, but I'm going to look at the Giants. That's an interesting one at, at a super low price, and you've got to always like when you can lock that in. And uh, after your 49ers call, I'm on board with uh, your defense calls.
1: <laughs> the irony is that um, coming from soccer—and this applies to hockey as well—like goalkeeper, we joke around, is like for GPPs, it's the most important position on the—like anywhere, but it's by far the hardest to predict— and, right. uh, I am horrible at picking goalies, <laughs> like either sport. I'm horrible at it. Like we have a thing in our, are
0: you just p- picking soccer goalies to win?
1: Uh, it's win saves, uh, clean sheets. Like the, that's basically it. And just a lot of times, um, the way that the scoring system works, a lot of saves can make up for allowing a bunch of goals, but anyway. Okay. Um, so the variance is just very high and I'm so bad at it that one of the features that we offer uh, as part of a road subscription is access to our uh, subscriber chat where people will ask me who my goalkeeper is, and they will specifically choose a different one. like i I, I have it, just horrible goalkeeper luck. And defense in football is kind of the same thing. like right. they're all based on the on the odds uh, generally. Uh, and so if you pay down, you know the variance is there, blah blah, blah. and Week one, I nailed it, but I have to warn everybody that there are a lot of similarities, and I'm very, very bad at the things that are similar to picking NFL defenses.
0: Well, uh, my, my whole theory for week two is not to overreact to week one, except for when it comes to you and defense. I'm going <laughs> to overreact fully to that one.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll know, like obviously, when we pod next week, if I have a streak going, or maybe it's just that the 49ers are really good.
0: It could be those. Uh, those defensive ends are a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't like, mm-hmm. did not like how um, Garoppolo looked overall. Made some good balls, made some really bad passes. So I think this week could be interesting to see uh, if he can step it up and kind of get some of the more of the rust off. But their defense looked uh, looked way different to me for sure. Yeah.
1: Yep, and I mean a pass rush will take
0: you very far in the NFL. No, no doubt there. Just ask the Giants playing yeah. the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's right. Yep. Anything anybody else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? I think uh,
1: that's everybody I wanted to touch on.
0: Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Andrew is at RotoWire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensen. Anything you want us to address in future podcasts or any ideas or comments, we would happy to happy to take them there. Other than that, thanks everybody for listening. If you can please rate and review the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that too. Thanks again to Yahoo Fantasy Sports for sponsoring the podcast. Hope everybody has a fantastic week too. We'll be at you uh, at back at you next Friday for week three. Take care.